0: Fantastic! It's a joy to have you with us again today for uh, day nine, I believe it is, if calendar serves us right, of uh, 31 days of breakthrough, and uh, I'm so thankful that we're in this time where we're just believing God for breakthrough, like Mark said so well, not just breakthrough to come, but breakthrough that's here now. God's breaking through. I'm hearing testimonies already. Of how God's breaking through situations, two situations that I was praying for personally for other people the last week. They came to me this morning, both of them, and said, There's been a breakthrough. There's been a breakthrough. Come on, God is meeting us. God is doing business with us. And if you're visiting us again this morning, we're so thankful that you're with us. My name's Andy. I'm a lead pastor of Family Church. And we're just a community of people that are sold out in love. For Jesus, and we're not ashamed of it in any way. We don't pretend to follow Jesus in a building and then not in life. We believe this is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. Jesus when we gather, Jesus when we're alone in our worlds, amen. He's our king and he's our master. So here we are in 31 days of breakthrough, and if you're a little bit late to the party, you're still welcome to join in. What we did is we started this year on day one January the 1st saying we are making a commitment across our congregations we've got congregations in Portsmouth in Gosport in Waterlooville in 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 Waterside in Haven um, in the Philippines we've got two congregations and our online congregation also we're joining together as a family that belongs to God to give 31 days to praying three times a day Already I spoke to a lady this morning and she said, wow, I know we set out five minutes three times a day. She said, but I keep overrunning. She said, I said, that's okay. She said, I looked down the other day and I've been praying for 15 minutes. And I don't know if she was waiting for me to tell her off, but I'm not telling you off, Sue. Okay, that's brilliant. Five minutes minimum. And isn't it exciting to be able to pray together? But again, not first for ourselves, but for others first. So if you've forgotten the strategy or you haven't heard it or you've been away, we're praying three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening. When in the day, that's up to you. We're praying firstly for others. Lord, bless the people in family church, young and old. Bless every one of them. Now you say, but what about me? No, no, you're missing the point. If you're praying for everyone else in family church, have you done the math yet? At the same moment... You've got hundreds of people praying for you. And the only way you miss out is if you're selfish and keep praying for yourself when others are praying for you instead. I want to encourage you. I'd rather have hundreds praying for me and me being able to pray for them as well. And then also we're praying for the church. Bless the congregational pastors, Stuart and Carla, Sean and Paula. We're blessing the leadership and we're saying, Lord, give us favour this year. Thank you for a thousand-seater building this year, Lord. That would be really nice. Thank you for that. That would be amazing. Debt-free would be absolutely perfect. Just begin to pray some big prayers about your church. And then finally we're saying, and don't forget, Lord, breakthrough for me and my household also. Now... Before I get into the Word this morning, I want to encourage you with something I put on Facebook yesterday. Because I know sometimes praying three times a day for 31 days, you could sometimes maybe feel like you've run out of prayers. Now, I want to encourage you. Two things that I learned to do this week was, number one, some of the times when I pray, I pray with others. So the other morning, I think it was Tuesday, I woke up and I was, I was sitting with Gina because she's my wife. And it's right that I sit with her because she's my wife. And we were just talking. I said, hey, let's do our first five minutes together. And again, it went beyond five minutes, but I joined with my wife and prayed. Maybe you want to join with your wife and your children and your families. Later on in the day, I was in the office and we were sitting around and I was talking to the pastors in family church. And I said, hey, it's about lunchtime, which means it's time too. Let's just pray together. And again, it went over five minutes, but we prayed together. And then in the evening, I went alone and prayed for five minutes. Be creative with these prayers. But also, I want to encourage you, let the Holy Spirit help you to pray. Now, we're a Spirit-filled church, amen? We believe that the Spirit of the risen Jesus Christ has come to live in us. Amen? And he's come to lead us and help us when we need help. I know sometimes when I'm praying, I need help because I don't know what to pray. And I don't want to pray the same prayers I pray every day because that's like changing the flowers on the table, not believing he heard me the first time. So this week I really felt the Holy Spirit say, no, be letting me pray through you specifically for the people in the church. And I want to encourage you with something that Paul said but when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray in that heavenly language that he gave us. When we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, a part of that baptism in the Holy Spirit was that God provided for us a prayer language, the language of the risen Jesus now living in us, to make our prayers effective. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, the devil doesn't understand a word you're saying because he doesn't speak that language. That's a great advantage. But also we pray perfect prayers not prayers that we think are perfect because sometimes you can be praying for a person give them money and God say no if I give them money it will ruin them let me teach them something then give them money sometimes our prayers can be contaminated by our own thinking but when we pray in the Holy Spirit we know that we're praying perfect prayers let me just read you this verse from Romans chapter 8 I love how relevant this is to us In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses when we don't feel able. We do not know what we ought to pray for. You can have moments like that when you're in 31 days of prayer. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, intercedes, stands in the gap between God and people for us through wordless groans or words that we don't understand. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit, listen to this, because the Holy Spirit intercedes, prays prayers that stand in the gap for God's people in accordance to the will of God. Isn't that powerful? That when we pray for each other and we pray with the language that we know, but we also pray in the heavenly language, that comes from the Holy Spirit. According to Paul, we pray perfect prayers for the church, prayers that are in accordance to the will of God. How many people know you won't pray a better prayer for someone in the church than that which is in accordance with the will of God? So I want to encourage you that during this 31 days, don't just pray prayers with your understanding, but also be praying with that heavenly language. We, we believe in speaking in tongues. If you've never been released to speak in tongues, come to Stuart and Carla, Sean and Paula, where Paula's not here, and they'll pray for you after the service, and God will release that gift into your life. Or Nacho and Susanna, that'll be our privilege, because it's something that God wants every believer to have in their world, amen? So when we pray, we pray perfect prayers within his will. So here we are, 31 days of breakthrough. Sorry, I took a bit of time there, but I want your prayers to be effective this week. As we take time to start this year Humbling ourselves before the Lord in prayer. Remember, the Bible says, Humble yourself and pray, and God will heal the land. When we humble ourselves and pray, taking three times a day just to pull away from crowd and busyness, just to pray, suddenly, We see God working behind the scenes and doing things for us that we can't do on our own. We know that Romans uh, 8 also teaches us that God works behind the scenes for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purposes. When we're praying, when we're bowed before our God, praying three times a day, we have a confidence that God is working behind the scenes of people's lives, making ways that would be impossible unless he intervened. Can somebody say amen? But also when we pray, we look to God for the breakthrough. When we're praying, we're not looking to ourselves for the breakthrough. We can create breakthrough in our own lives, but we don't want that mediocre breakthrough. We want, does anybody else want the breakthrough that God brings into the life of somebody that trusts in him? Because that's an unlimited breakthrough. Now when we understand that we're praying to God, we understand that we're praying to the God who brings breakthrough. Do you know, last week we shared about Baal Perazim. Go back and listen if you missed it last week. We were talking about that moment where God sends David onto the battlefield and gives him an incredible victory. And David said, it was like the waters broke through a dam. The way that God destroyed my enemies was like 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 water breaking through a dam. But the interesting thing is that when you look at the word Bel Perazim, it's a Hebrew name. Do you know what Baal Perazim means? Owner of the breakthroughs. Isn't that awesome? But David said, this place is a place of breakthrough. I call it Baal Perazim. Now the Hebrew word for Baal Perazim is the one who owns The breakthrough. When we pray, we pray to Bel Perazim, we pray to Yahweh, we pray to God Almighty, the one who owns every breakthrough also throughout the bible his name is mentioned in different ways he's called jehovah nissi which is our banner our victory these are some of the many names that are given to our god yahweh nissi jehovah nissi it means our god our victory it means our banner on the battlefield whenever there was a war on a battlefield normally the soldiers would follow a standard the standard was the banner that the the front soldiers would carry that led the army into their victory. The Bible declares to us not only is Jesus our righteousness, not only is he our peace, not only is he our joy, not only is he everything we could ever need, but he's also our victory. He's the one, he's the owner of the breakthrough. He's the one that goes before us on the battlefield. I'm preaching better than what you're listening today. Are you there or am I? in a dream or imagination come on I'm preaching good today he's the God of your breakthrough he's the one that doesn't follow behind you he's the one who goes before you he's the one who's the owner of every breakthrough you could ever need amen get myself excited here there's many names given to the Lord but I love this name that few people ever use The Bible calls him a number of things, but the prophet Micah calls God the breaker. Isn't that awesome? The prophet Micah refers to our God as the breaker. Let me read you these verses from Micah 2 verse 13. I'm going to read through the King James Version. For some of you King James Version lovers, are you ready? The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gates they needed to and have gone out by that gate. And their king shall pass before them and the Lord will be at the head of them. Why am I teaching on this this morning? I want you to see that God isn't behind you in your breakthrough. He's going before you. As you're spending time on your knees, he's walking in front of you, As the owner of the breakthrough. Let me read you that same verse from the NIV translation. It says, The one who breaks open the way will go up before them. And they will, not might, they will break through the gate and go out. Their king, Jesus, will pass before them. And their God, their Lord, Jesus, will be at their head as we're praying over these 31 days saying thank you for the breakthroughs that you're bringing in 2022 God we're excited what God's going to do in 2022 we don't see God behind us trying to catch up we see him in front of us he's the standard of our victory he's our banner he's the breaker who goes before us we're praying in faith over these 31 days to a God who number one hears us aren't you glad that you're praying to a God who hears you please know that God hears you when you pray. You see, I love the words that Jesus used when he prayed over the resurrection of Lazarus. When he came to that moment that seemed impossible and needed a breakthrough that violated even life itself and death itself. It says that Jesus prayed, and then he said this, Father, I don't pray for myself, I pray for those who are listening. He said, I thank you, Father, that you hear me when I pray. And then he says this, and you always hear me when I pray. We need to have that confidence in faith that God has given us the way to be able to pray with a confidence. That God hears us when we pray. Our words are not being lost in the atmosphere or in some orbit. They're not being stopped by a physical ceiling or a spiritual ceiling. No, the prayers that we pray go to the ears of God. God hears us. The God, the owner of the breakthrough, hears us when we pray. But not only is he the God who hears us, he's the God who goes before us. Do you know, when I think of Jesus being the breaker, I get a number of images because I live In images when I read the Bible it's so exciting because I imagine it happening you know some people don't use their imagination when they read the Bible listen I want to encourage you God gave you an imagination it wasn't the result of a fall we used our imagination for wrong things so let's begin to use them for right things when you read the Bible, imagine you're there. Imagine it's happening. When I read about Jesus and he's, he's writing in the sand and that woman in caught in adultery is being released, I see it. I see him. I feel like I'm there in the crowd. Now when I picture Jesus as the breaker, I see one of those big old steam trains that you used to see in westerns. Remember those westerns where somebody would be tied to the tracks, Charlie Chaplin, or someone was tied to the tracks? Some of you don't know who Charlie Chaplin is, so I'm just showing my age again. But there used to be these western movies where they would take a person and tie them to the tracks and along would come a steam train. But before the steam train arrived, there was a grill on the front, a huge metal grill that actually cleared the tracks for the train that was coming. When I talk about God being my breaker, he's that steel grill on the front of my life and the front of this church that clears the tracks and empties and takes away every blockage before the train of who we are arrive. He's not behind us on the tracks, he's in front of us. He's the God who goes before us. He's the God who's at the head of who we are. He's the banner and the standard on the battlefield. He's not following behind saying, sorry am I late he's the breaker oh this is exciting stuff this morning and he as we pray in faith will go before us in 2022 and secure the victories he promised we would see remember what we said last week like David we choose to not go and fight straight away But we choose to pull away to our stronghold of prayer. Remember last week? And like David, we inquire of the Lord. The Lord gives us a rhema word. And when we have a word, all we need to do then is agree with the word. Lord, let it be to me according to what you've said. And like Mary giving birth nine months later or David winning on a battlefield, we have a confidence as we walk through life, not doubt and unbelief. So we understand that God is the God of the breakthrough. I want to just take what time we've got left today to show you how he operated with his people in battles in the Old Testament. It's going to be a bit of a whistle tour. It's going to be a little bit quick, so stay with me. I've printed out some verses so I won't take long. But I want to encourage your heart as you're praying 31 days for breakthrough for others, the church and yourself. God is the one who goes before us. God is the one who makes it happen. God is the one that makes a way where there seems to be no way and brings a victory where it looked like we were going to lose. So let's look at some of these examples. The Bible is so full of them, time doesn't allow even to skim the surface. We spoke firstly of David last week. that When David went to the battlefield after inquiring of the Lord... God gave him incredible victory. Let me read you these verses again from 2 Samuel 5. It says that he'd had that fight, but a little time later, God, uh, the Philistines attacked him again, and he sought the Lord again. This time, the Lord gave him a different battle plan. Remember, we said, don't live in presumption with God. And this is what happened next. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out across the valley, so David inquired of the Lord and answered, do, and, and God answered him, do not go straight up. This time, different plan to last time. Don't go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the top of the trees, move quickly. Listen to this bit, because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the enemy. Sometimes we need to be confident in prayer that we wait until he says go. And when he says go, we have a confidence like David that he has gone out, not behind us, not with us, in front of us to strike the enemy. And then you've got the whole account of just the lifestyle of the children of Israel. Do you know there's an interesting thing when you read through the book of Deuteronomy, you read read about the laws that God gave through Moses to the people. Do you know that there was a law about how to fight your enemy? Isn't that incredible? There were laws under the old covenant, not under the covenant we now have set in Jesus Christ. But under the old covenant that the children of Israel had through Moses, there were laws of how you do this, laws how you do that. But it was the first time I actually saw that God included a law on how you should fight your enemy. Can I read it to you? It's from Deuteronomy 20, verses 1-4. to When you go to war against your enemies... And see the horses and the chariots and the army that seem greater than yours. Number one, don't be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, hear Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against the enemies to give you victory. Okay, so we're in the new covenant now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a priest of, of, of sorts, aren't I? So I stand before you today as we go into 2022 saying do not be afraid of your enemy. Do not be timid and do not be terrified because the Lord is going with you and before you to bring you victory in the things that you need the battle won. Just so many examples, it's a real good place to spend a day looking at the victories that God's given people. You've got the countless stories of Joshua and the battles that were won by Joshua. So many times, like Moses, Joshua went into battles outnumbered and he won every time. Well, most times, apart from when there was an element of disobedience with the storyline of Moses and Joshua. Every other time, God gave them the victory. Do you know, there was also a moment with Joshua, and you can read about this in Joshua 10, where there wasn't enough time to win. Do you know what God did? Read it for yourself. He stopped the sun in the sky. How good is our God? But Joshua was in a battle that he'd been promised he was going to win, but time was running out. Time is a natural thing. God is outside and over time and space. God caused the sun to stop in the sky until Joshua got the victory that he'd been promised. What won't God stop for you so that you can get the victory he's promised you? Then we get on to, and this guy I can preach for weeks on, Gideon, Gideon's hilarious. He starts in a wine press, a coward hiding from his enemy. A few pages later, he's a mighty warrior leading an army against the enemy armies of God. But there's this is one battle that you read about that they're totally outnumbered. Do you ever feel outnumbered by your enemy? That's what it can feel like sometimes. But you times God always equals the majority. And he's going into battle and there's 32,000 men with him, but his enemy, you can't count them. They're like sand on the shore. God then, because he wants to make a point to Gideon, reduces Gideon's army down from 32,000 people to 300. And then God takes away his sword and his spears and gives him a trumpet and a candle. Don't worry, they were aromatherapy, they were powerful candles. And God sends Gideon outnumbered with 300 men when he once had 32,000 with candles and not swords and trumpets and not spears against an army that you can't number. But by the time he got there to the battlefield, God had caused confusion in the enemy and the battle was already won. All they needed to do was blow a trumpet and celebrate. I believe that's what God's doing for many people, even right now, even this week. Don't be intimidated by the size of the problem. (laughs) Don't be intimidated by the size of the circumstance. Don't be intimidated by the size and the sound and the threats of the thing that's an enemy of your life. Rather be in praise to the God who when he adds him to you means anything can happen. So many accounts. One of my favorites, again, and i use this one to close, I could carry on for days and weeks, is King Jehoshaphat. Jumping Jehoshaphat, as he was known by his friends. King Jehoshaphat was, again, a man that wasn't a stranger to battles. He wasn't a man that was a stranger to enemies. Yet he was a man that was familiar with the victory that God brought to his life when he was outnumbered. Now, we read up in Second Chronicles about this moment where king jehoshaphat is again about to fight another battle and this is the conversation that was taking place at this time it's second chronicles 20 verses 15 to 17 he said listen king jehoshaphat and all who live in judah and jerusalem this is the prophet speaking this is what the lord says to you it's similar to the rules of deuteronomy Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, it's God. The battle is not yours, it's God. It's God's battle, it's not yours. God wants you the next 31 days to give ownership of the battle to him. Because you'll never win, you haven't got enough strength. But he only has to move his little finger. And it's a total annihilation. So the prophet says to Jehoshaphat, he says, Tell them not to be afraid or discouraged. Get fear out of your life. Banish fear and doubt because of this vast army you see with your natural eyes. Because the battle isn't actually yours, it's God. But tomorrow, march down, don't crawl, march down against them as if you're going to win. They will be climbing up the path of Ziz and you will fight them at the end of a gorge in the desert of Gerar." You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. That's what we're doing, 31 days of breakthrough. Take up your positions, stand firm, and then see the deliverance that the Lord himself will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be With you. And as with Joshua, with Gideon, with Moses, he won't just be with you, he'll be in front of you. Do you want to see what happened in this moment? We hear the results in verses 24 to 26. When the men of Judah, the people of praise, when the people of praise came to the place that overlooked, why did the people of praise get their first? Because the armies of Israel knew that they put their praise and worship before the army. That the way to go into battle against an enemy is to put praise and worship at the front so that there's Jesus. Then there's your praise and worship. And then there's you. I don't want to, I've got nothing to sing about. Stop it, you're being soulless. You have everything to sing about unless you're living in the moment and not in what God has told you he's going to do. Praise involves faith. Now it says, sorry, little distraction there. When the, when the men of Judah, the people of praise, came to what overlooked the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies laying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder and, uh, that was found among them. A great amount of equipment and clothing And also articles of value. You see, God doesn't want to just give you victory. He wants you to own everything that your enemy owned. Oh, some of you didn't like that. I like that. He doesn't just want to give you victory over your enemy. He wants to give you everything. Everything back that the enemy stole from you. He wants to give you everything back that the enemy has stolen from your life. He doesn't want to send you back victorious but bankrupt. He wants to give back to you everything you once had and everything that once belonged to them. Come on, this is the same God that calls us to call him Father today. Get ready for victory, but also to get ready to bring some booty back. Anybody ready to bring some booty? I'm not talking about booty, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about resource. I'm talking about things that the enemy has stolen from your life. God wants to give you victory and he wants you to bring back the plunder. If you don't like the word booty, we'll move to plunder. He wants you to bring back that which was stolen from your life by the enemy. He wants you to bring back the children that were stolen. He wants you to bring back the finances that were stolen. The opportunities that were stolen the relationships that were stolen he doesn't just want to give you a win he wants to send you off the battlefield with a task what was the task of the army of Jehoshaphat it took them days and days and days to bring the plunder back into their own houses you say well I didn't read that hold up we haven't got there yet so Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. But they didn't quit. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. That is why it's called that valley of praise still today. Okay, follow the storyline as we close up this morning. The armies that were serving under Jehoshaphat, that was the leader of that time, heard the prophet of God speak to their hearts. Oh, you're going to go tomorrow, but you're not going to fight. God's going to give you a victory. Keep fear out of your heart. Do not be terrified by the things that you hear with your natural ears and see with your natural eyes. Rather, with confidence, walk into the battlefield that's ahead of you. And as you walk into the battlefield, you're going to find that everyone that was shouting against you, every enemy that's set to bring you down, is now dead on the floor. Rejoice that God has overcome your enemy, but then take everything that they stole from you, take it because it now belongs to you and bring it back to the camp of your family so that you can create a valley of baccarat you can create a valley in your life that says my god has not only won the battle but he's brought me to victory everything that was stolen has come back to me in fact the bible says that when you find a thief and a thief is discovered he doesn't return for you like to like it's not like when your washing machine breaks and they give you one like the one you had the bible says that when you find a thief and you overcome a thief, the thief must return to you seven times what he stole from your life. You need to be believing God over the next 31 days, over the next year of 2022. Not only is the God who goes before you going to give you the victory in every fight that you need to face, but you don't need to walk with fear. You don't need to walk terrified. You need to believe in the one that's promised you like the one that promised Gideon, Joshua, Moses, Jehoshaphat, and so Many other leaders we read about in the Old Testament, but he's not just gonna give you a win, he's gonna bring you a win with plunder. Get your hearts ready. I don't want any plunder, bring it anyway. I'll have it. I've got people that need plunder. If you're so humble, you don't need plunder, get it anyway. Do me a favor, bring it with you anyway, because we can use it to save communities and feed hungry people and take care of single mothers. Come on, God is bringing plunder back. in to his house in a moment when everybody's saying breathe in be fearful there won't be enough we're gonna live like Isaac and keep on giving in a time of famine knowing that God is the God of a kingdom that we belong to can somebody I'm trying to preach you happy today I'm really trying my best to preach you happy today but he's not only gonna give you victory he's gonna bring back what was stolen seven times seven times seven times seven times I don't want it bring it anyway we'll have it we've got stuff we can do with it I'm not wanting a victory I want the victory in the plunder because there's an enemy that owes me come on anybody else there's an enemy that owes the Elms family some things and you know what like the old song we used to sing back in the day, Stuart. We can say that now because the church is nearly 25 years old. And we're older than what we were. I never used to get this breathless. But I can remember when we started the church 25 years ago, we used to sing this song and it was highly Pentecostal. <laughs> and the words were simple. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back. What he stole from me. The words weren't difficult to the songs in those days because it would just repeat itself. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. The next next bit got really deep and it used to just go, He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. The devil is, Oh, I went. To the enemy's camp and I took back I defeated him at the same time because God was with me but I took back what the enemy had stolen from me he's under my feet he's under my feet the devil is under my feet and then when we used to get carried away we used to go to another level of Pentecost And we'd go straight into another song. You guys remember this on this section. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Anybody remember that one? We used to stand there in the house of God and sing songs of prophetic expectation. Oh, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Some of you think I need that, right? He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord. You've got it. Someone's got to help me. Do you know it? Do you want Stu to come up? You right. Come on. Come on. Let's do this. Let's get up on our feet. Come on. Let's want do two? this. Lovely spontaneous moments. Oh, Carla's coming up, she knows this one. Oh, Ruth's on the stage as well, she's up for it as well. Come on, is anyone ready to prophesy? Look why the Lord has done that. Sounds similar. Bit of raw, gutty roar to that one, Mark. Come on, yes, God, you're going to give us the victory. God, it doesn't matter if we're in tune or we're not. What we're declaring is the battle that you promised us. That you heal our body, you touch our minds, you save us, God, just in time. And we're going to praise your name, Lord. We're going to give you the victory you deserve. Come on, Mark. You see, I went to the enemy's, enemy's camp And I took back what he stole from me Took back what he stole from me. Took back he what he stole from me. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet. Come on! Oh, I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet, he's under my feet, he's under my feet, he's under my feet, he's under my feet. 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 Speed it up, Jesus is under under my feet. feet. Here we go, I went to to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Yes, I did. Took back what he stole from me. Took back back what he stole from me. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole for me. He's under my.